Man, that is an introduction, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to come up here like all the way from the back, little hoodie, you know, put the little song, come out here. Should have hired, uh, should have told uh, um, Eric to introduce me a little bit more hype, right? Like, and now, you know, so. Thank you guys for being here this morning. Uh, my name is Angel. I'm the worship pastor here at Greater Life Church. So thank you guys for joining us this morning. Um, uh, for those that are joining us online, big, big, big virtual hug to, to, to you guys. As I know that um, you guys are joining us and, and um, they're, they're there. They're there. They're, they're commenting. They're, they're part of this church. And, and it's an amazing thing to see that. See, last week... Um, uh, right after service, uh, my wife and I, we, we went to visit, uh, you know, a really, really awesome couple, uh, Bob and Penny. We went to see them at the hospital. And, uh, you know, I, I, we get there, right? I open the door. Uh, I give a hug to Penny. And the first thing she tells me, she's like, worship was great last week, right? So, so Penny was, and Bob were, were both uh, online, not missing. And how many of you guys know that there are people here? There are people here that we, we use that technology and they're still part of our church. They're real people with real stories, real things happening. And all they're doing is they're working their way to come back again to the chair that, in here physically. So I want to do something right quick. Can we do something right quick? Um, I want to be able to, to, to say that we miss them, right? So at the count of three, I'm gonna, we, you know, we're going to say we miss you at the count of three. So let everyone here online. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. We miss all of you guys, and, and I hope to see you guys very, very soon, those that are watching us online. Guys, here's my disclaimer. Okay, you guys ready? Um, again, my name is Angel. I'm the worship pastor here, so each and every single week, what do I do? I just I stand right there with my little guitar, singing my heart out. That's what I do each and every single week. Pastor Andrew is in Waxhaw today. So he's actually delivering the message there to our campus in Waxhaw, and, and God is doing amazing things with Pastor Moises. They're, they're like this close to breaking 100. I mean, they're, they're this close. God is moving in Waxhaw. And so he's out there, right? Let's give him the glory. Let's give him praise. They're doing such an amazing job. Um, so Pastor Andrew calls me and says, hey, uh, can you preach this Sunday? I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> Usually I have the words up there, you know, I sing, I'll sing along. Um, so here's the thing. I'm not the guy who usually does this, okay? I'm, I'm usually doing something else. So, so if it sucks, right? <laughs> can, can, if this is your first time, please come back next week, please. <laughs> the guy that usually does this will be here. It's okay. This is just a one-time thing. If I'm still here, then great. <laughs> Now, if, <laughs> thank you, if, uh, <laughs> now if God speaks to you, right, if God speaks to you, he hears through the heart, and he just speaks to your life directly, can you give him the glory? Can you give him the praise? Because, you know, I always say this, um, I've been a Christian too far, far too long to believe in coincidence, right? You are here because God put you here. You are here because this morning you felt a tug and a pull, and, and you are here this morning because God has a word for you. 
Today, we are continuing our sermon series, Promise of the Covering, and Pastor Andrew has been kind of taking us through the story of Israelites being, you know, freed from Egypt and that kind of journey that was kind of happening there. And today, I want to talk to you guys about something that we all hate to do, which is to wait. We, we hate to wait. If... if Trust me, uh, that is something that I personally struggle with, right? Like each and every day, I'm like, uh, babe, we got to go to church. Come on, hurry up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pressing through time. I'm, I'm you know, so she's, she's here right in the front. So. <laughs> so, you know, we all hate waiting for some, you know, for some reason. It's a difficult thing to do. Why do we hate waiting so much, Right? We live in such a fast-paced world. We live in such a fast-paced world where, where we don't have to wait a whole lot. Can we, can we agree with that? See, the, the, just a couple days ago, um, I did an upgrade in my house. I went from regular internet to fiber. And if, if you haven't experienced fiber, you're missing out. You know, that's all I'm trying to tell you. I, I pull up a stream, boom, it's right there. You know, I want to download a game, boom, it's right there. It, it's, it's fiber, baby. You know, it's fiber. It's fast. So we just did that this past week, and, and, and I, I no longer have to wait. You know, I no longer have to wait a whole lot. It's getting easier and easier. Amen. And so we are uh, almost, uh, you know, those things that, like, uh, like a show, right? If you watch any type of show, Right? You no longer have to wait till the next week. You just, you just pull it up. You know, the episode ends and you pull up the next show, the next episode. It's great. I've gone through three seasons, like just sitting there. Like I wake up, the sun's up. I look again and, and the sun's down. And I'm like, what happened to the time? Like just keep watching it. It's, it's right there. It's available to, to, to me. Right, so we live in such a fast-paced world. We are, you know, we go from uh, five-day shipping to like three-day shipping to two-day shipping to same-day shipping. Like it's, it's a thing. We, the, 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 it's just I don't even have to wait anymore. The worst thing I think that we did, that I did personally, is give my wife the account password for 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 Amazon. Yeah, I'm not. Listen, guys, ladies, gentlemen, I'm not. Not trying to ditch on Amazon. I'm just saying, every time I go home, there's a package waiting for me in the door. Like, what is this? Soap. Okay, cool. Well, don't have to wait a whole lot. It's right there. So it, it's, it's kind of the thing. It's like we are being conditioned to not wait. We are being conditioned to not wait. And, and it's one of the tools that God uses the most when we come to him. When we give our lives to him, he puts us in seasons of waiting. And if you haven't guessed, that is the title of the message, waiting. A quick Google search that I did before prepping found that the reference to waiting is found 116 times in the Bible. And I didn't have to wait a whole lot to learn that. It just put Google. Hey, Google. And I got the answer because I got Fiverr. 
<laughs> Before I get into the message, uh, I want to I congratulate our, our youth. All right? You heard uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Randy talk about that generation. Right? It talked about how they went to fine arts. And I can say Pastor Carson and Pastor Elena are doing such a great job. So can we give them a big round of applause? They just, this past week, this past week, um, we got to go, my wife and I, we got to go on Friday and, and got to see the youth perform. And, and they were in fine arts. There was people preaching. There was people singing. There was people dancing. There was, there was art. There was a lot of different things happening. It was very fast paced. Everything was happening at like one moment. And, and, you know, my wife and I, we left out of Greensboro and, and on the way there, that's all we talked about, how our hearts were so full to see this generation, to see the next generation just be so on fire for God. And that, I don't know if, if it's you, but I'm telling you, I am a direct result of my grandmother praying each and every day. They are straight results of someone else, like Pastor Randy, our, the generation before us just threw the seeds, and now we're seeing a harvest. And it's an amazing thing to see that in our youth. So without kind of further ado, right, it's a, it's a, again, it's a difficult thing to do, which is to wait. But God has called us to do it, and as difficult a thing is to wait, we cannot get confused when God calls us to be still. Get confused as to what? Because we like to partner these things and, and being still and waiting doesn't equate to doing nothing. There's something that we have to do as well in that time, in that season. So let's go in the Word of God. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you guys to turn them to Exodus 32. If you are, you know, digital, you know, open them up, turn them on, swipe to Exodus 32. We are going to read starting in verse 1. Amen. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to have it up there. If you don't, you know, didn't, I know the cell service in here is not great. You know, I know that. So we have the verses up there, so follow along with us. Amen. Exodus 32, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wife, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to and bring them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, and I stood within time frame on the first service. So I'm going to try to do the same thing uh, this morning. Um, but if you are taking notes, and if you have your note sheets, um, point number one, 
if you're taking. Point number one says waiting requires patience. Waiting requires patience. The people of Israel begin to get impatient with Moses while Moses was meeting with God in the mountain. Waiting could be a very difficult thing and frustrating process. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Let's talk about this word process, right? We, 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 we are people that have lived our whole lives and the world tells us that promotion is our goal. But God hasn't called you to promotion. He has called you to the process. We want to keep moving up, right? We want to keep succeeding. We want to keep climbing this corporate ladder and we want to keep getting promoted, but no one wants to go through the process. There's an amazing quote that I wrote down. Does not come from me, but I love this quote. And I, you know, it says, don't be mad about the results you didn't earn from the work you didn't do. We all want what's at the end of the road, right? But nobody wants to walk those. Nobody wants to walk it. But God has called us to the process because it is in the process that he is going to shape you. It is in the process that there are things that he wants to teach you in the wilderness. There are things he needs to strip away from you in the desert. There's a part of history that you may or may not know, and it's not in the Bible. And bear with me. I'm a Hispanic male fighting two languages each and every single time up here. So I'm about to say something, and it might not be right, but it's called the inter intertestamental period. There, I said it. Write it down. I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> Said it once at the 9 o'clock, I'm going to say it again, two times, that's it. So what is this period, right? It's a 400-year period after the Old Testament ends and before the New Testament begins. And so during this time, there was no word from God, and God was completely silent. It took only 40 days of silence for the Israelites to disobey. Imagine waiting 400 years. Because at least in the Old Testament, God will speak instructions. He would be clear. He will talk. And for 400 years, he was silent. And maybe that is you this morning, right? Maybe that is you right now. Maybe this is the season you are in where... When you're asking God, why are you silent? Maybe you haven't heard his voice and all you are looking for is at least a sign. Anything, God. Anything in this season. I want to remind you to not confuse his silence for his absence. And what happened during these 400 years? Right? What happened during this 400 years? If, if you love history, if that's something you're called to, I'm, I'm not. But if you love history, right, there's a few things that happen. You might, not, you might know better than 
than me. But in these 400 years, Alexander the Great conquers the world. It's one of the major things that happened. It took 12 years. Dude took, he conquered. What's another major thing that happened during these 400 years? The Bible, the Old Testament, gets translated from Hebrew to Greek. And Alexander the Great spoke Greek. And now there's a lot of parts of the world that are, have some sort of understanding of this language. And another major thing that happened is that in these 400 years, the Roman Empire gets conquered, right, conquers the Greek peninsula. And what do they begin to do? They begin to, to create road systems for trading and for traveling. Do you see what God was doing? God is working in the waiting. He is working in the silence. He is working in your life when you don't see him, hear him, or feel him. He is still working. So if that's you, if you are in the desert right now, if you are in the season of a desert right now, and God wants you to know that he is shaping and molding you right now, that he is preparing you for the next season. In other words, God is working while you wait. And so now the Israelites are in the desert in a season of waiting, and, and what do they do? They create gods for themselves, specifically a golden calf. Go back to Exodus 32. We're going to pick up on verse 2, and it says, So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in your ears, in the ears of your wife, your sons and daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fastened it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Point number two, impatience can lead to sin. Impatience can lead to sin. The Israelites grew impatient, and the result of that is they made a golden calf, which was a direct disobedience to God. And when we are impatient and we try to take matters into our own hands, we end up making mistakes and we end up sinning. We see this happening time and time and time in the Bible by very you know, what we consider powerful men and women. We try to force God's hand, and all it does is get ourselves hurt. We delay the blessing that God has for you and I all because we try to take matters into our own hands. All because we cannot wait. One of the Things that, that God spoke to me on this passage as I was reading and, and caught my attention is that the Israelites, right, took the gold, 
okay? They grabbed this gold that was given to them as a gift from Egypt. They took from Egypt a gold that God gifted them, and they made an abomination with it. They begin to worship the gift and not the God that has supplied the gift. My question is, is that us this morning? Have you done that with your calling? Have you done that with your gift? Have you replaced your God with the calling? Are you sitting down right now in this church instead of walking into what God has called you all because you lost sight of what God has given you. Do you think that you could control God? Because the Israelites thought that in verse 5, it says, When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. There is extensive studies, right? There's guys that have dedicated, theologians, doctors, dissecting this specific verse. And, 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 and I mean, we could get into what the golden calf meant and, and the significance of the golden calf. But, but what God spoke to me was this specific line that Aaron says, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And if you don't know, those word, that capital word, L-O-R-D, is a direct translation to Yahweh. So you and I know that when we are reading God's word and we see the capital L-O-R-D, the Bible is referring to God. It's referring to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, the only God. So when Aaron says, Tomorrow we are going to throw a festival. Tomorrow we are going to throw a feast. Tomorrow we are going to throw this party to Yahweh. And he's pointing to the calf. They weren't worshiping idols here. The Israelites were replacing God with this calf. They were replacing God with their gifts. See, the significance that I took from it in this animal itself, right? It's a calf, it's an animal. The thing is that I could control an animal. I can't control God. I could understand an animal. I, I can't understand God. An animal is beneath me. God is not beneath me. He's above it all. He has created everything and he has created me and you and he has placed us in a creation he is the creator he lives outside of time he lives outside of his creation and he has placed rules for us that don't apply to him so we try to grab a gift because because i'm trying to understand god you will never it will never happen and sometimes we are in a situation and we're like, I need to understand God. And what do we try to do? We try to replace him. Because that's the only thing that makes sense. The truth is, I don't want to worship my talents. 
I don't want to worship my voice. I don't want to I don't want to worship what God has given me. I want to worship the God that gave me all of it. But it's easier said than done. Right? It's easier said than done. I was 14 years old when God called me into ministry. And at 14 years old... I started working towards my craft. I started learning the piano. I started learning music theory. I started just diving into what God had for me. And it was a process. But when you take away your eyes from God you begin to start going in a different direction. And that was me. I, I started comparing myself to others. I started looking at someone else's talents. I started to be proudful Right? I, pride got over me, and then I would say, I'm better than that guy. God's word says that he opposes the proud. And if you've ever been there, that's not something you want to be in that position opposing God. He had to meet me right there, and I had to let him take me to the process, through the process. I had to allow him to strip away everything that did not belong to him. And it wasn't an easy process. You know, I look at the youth and I look at everything that's happening and I look at how they go and, and preach the word and, and, and all I'm doing is I'm looking at myself and, and, and I say my heart is full because if they're right there right now, imagine what would happen when God takes full control of that. And so, just like a blacksmith with a sword, God took me and I had to let him put me in the fire. He took me out and he hit me. He would put me back into the fire. He would take me out and hit me again. And it was put me back in the fire, take me out and hit me until I grabbed the shape that he knew he wanted for me. And then in that long process of it all, I had to give him completely control. I no longer was looking for the next position. I was no longer looking for the next promotion. What I was doing is, what are you teaching me in this season right now? What do you want from me in this wilderness, in this desert? How can I learn from you? What do you want me to do? At the age of 27, God calls me into full-time ministry, and that is a long process for me to learn, and I had to learn to follow before I led. Because 
if I would have gone into and taken matters into my own hands, I would have grabbed a whole different generation and hurt them completely. I would have hurt a different generation, right? As a, as a youth pastor, as a, as a worship pastor, if I would have taken a role of leadership, all I would have done was hurt the next guy. And then at the age of 27, I get called into full-time ministry, and it's been three years, going into four years, that I've been in a full-time role in ministry. And what I learned is that if you leave it up to him, He's going to do it. If you give everything to him, he's going to do it. He has control. He's speaking. He's the one that changes hearts. Not me. Not Pastor Andrew. Not Pastor Moises. Not God is. And we are just vessels that he wants to use. And the last point is God pursues you in the waiting. Out of every religion in this world, Christianity is unique to that. Unique to that I don't have to work to earn God's love. You don't have to work to earn God's love. Salvation is a gift. Through grace, a gift. Something that is given. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to earn his acceptance. Despite what the world tells you, his word tells me to come to him as I am. That's it. Come to him as I am. We as Christians need to stop becoming roadblocks to those that are coming into church. We need to become signs that all we are doing is pointing to Jesus because he's the only one that gives that gift. He's the only one that saves. Just because someone doesn't agree with my opinion doesn't mean that they weren't created for God, by God, to do things for him. And if you don't know that, just as he pursued you, he's pursuing them as well. God wants a relationship with you and I. And we see this in Exodus 33. Exodus 33 is an incredible image of God pursuing his people. Despite their sin, despite their disobedience that we just saw on Exodus 32. Anyone would have said, what is wrong with you? You just saw God move in such a way. Why are you disobeying him? Not God. Not God. He still pursued. He still wanted to be in the middle. And his presence wanted to be there. He showed them his glory and allowed them to experience his presence, even though they did not deserve it. Exodus 33, 16, Moses is speaking to God, and he asks him a question. He says, how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What owls will distinguish me from your people 
and, and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth. See, you may feel like you are too broken. You may feel like you are too unworthy. And some of us might feel like we are far too gone for God. But the reality is that he pursues us. The truth is that God's love is relentless. He pursues us with a passion that we cannot even imagine. God is your identity. He's my identity. He is what is noteworthy about you and I. Through all of us, he makes himself and his goodness known through the earth. He shines this light in the darkness. He, shine, he, he gives hope to the lost. He shows kindness to the harsh. He is our identity. God is pursuing you this morning. Like I said, I've been here uh, in this uh, in, in this earth, and, and I've been serving God for a few years to know that coincidence is not something that he's about. God is pursuing you this morning. And if that little tug and that little voice in the back of your head might have said, hey, you know, what if it be fun to go to church today? Or I should, something I need. That is God pursuing you this morning, and he's given that opportunity for you today. He wants to give you a gift, not something you work for, not something you have to earn, not something he just says, come to me. That is all you have to do, and I will give you a gift. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for your word that is sharper, even sharper than a two-edged sword, Lord, that cuts deep. Father, thank you for the people that came in this morning that you are nudging, that you are talking to, that you want a relationship with them. Whoever they are this morning, Father, you are speaking to them. We thank you for your word. It is your word and not mine's. Father, as the generation before us, Place seeds in the ground. Allow us to do the same. Don't speak to the lives of those that came in and don't allow them to leave without you, O Holy Spirit, because you are the one that changes hearts. You are the one that changes minds. We are asking for a fresh outpouring of your presence this morning, and we thank you because you are good. We thank you because you are here. We thank you, Father, for speaking into our lives, and we give you glory and honor. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. All right, guys, have a great week. We'll see you guys next week.